0: Welcome to the Pup Pastor Podcast, or as we're calling it, P-Cubed. Yep, it's nerdy. I'm your host, Gail Tabor, and I'm glad you've joined us. I do this little thing called preaching, and so this is a time when I'm going to share with you a little sermon. So, grab a craft brew and sit back in your easy chair, or whatever. And enjoy hearing a little word of God. Have a baby Thanks for joining us. With Jesus. In a recent Washington Post article, Raymond Navarro, a psychology professor at the University of California at Irvine, who is an expert in anger assessment and treatment, said this. We're living, in effect, in a big anger incubator. Pandemic, economy, economic issues, civil unrest, questionable leadership. Everything has changed. We're keeping to ourselves with our own thoughts and our own feelings. In our own minds, there's this echo chamber. And anger is winning the day. I don't know about you, but I feel it. I often just feel angry. Angry that I can't go out to eat, or sit in a movie theater, or really well go anywhere. I'm angry at the person who won't wear their mask, and I'm angry that I have to wear a mask. I'm angry that my spouse is being forced to go to a public place to work that is being put in harm's way. I'm angry that many of my friends are in that same boat. I'm angry that just going to the grocery store feels like a major outing. I'm angry that I can't go to church, not in the way that I want to. And yet I'm angry that there are those people who are pushing to go back to a church building. I'm anxious for normalcy (laughs) <laughs> and let's just be honest, I don't know what the fuck orma- normalcy even looks like anymore. How about you? Are you feeling the same? You're feeling this weight that you feel like you're carrying around that manifests itself in anger? I've almost come to believe that if you're not angry, you're not really paying attention. Or maybe you just don't have Facebook or any other social media, or you're not watching the news, or you're, you're just not engaged at all if you're not angry in some way. And sometimes I think, Jesus got pissed off. He got mad enough that he flipped over tables and used a whip to chase the money changers out of the synagogue. So surely it's okay for me to be angry. I could go all Jesus and flip over a few tables. After all, if it's good enough for the man who is perfect, it's surely good enough for me. Unfortunately, that comes with a, yeah, but. Yes, Jesus was angry. Yes, Jesus chased people out of the synagogue with a whip. But it was because they were taking advantage of people in the name of God. Sort of like a modern-day televangelist, getting rich on the backs of poor people. In God's name. And you could see why the son of God would get just a little pissed off over that. That's not really why I'm angry. Yeah, I have some righteous indignation. Some real anger. Some, some maybe even justified and righteous anger. About racism in America. And the way that that is playing out. Yes, I have some, some maybe righteous indignation about the way that people are treating each other maybe i'm justified in that anger but let's just be real my anger is not righteous my anger is just anger and if my anger is righteous what are the legs that i'm putting to my anger what's my anger doing besides just sitting on the couch being angry How am I working for change? How are you working for change? How are you taking this righteous indignation and moving it forward to change the world? Because I'll tell you this, sitting on your ass and being angry, well, that's not what you're called to do. It's just not. None of us are called to sit on our ass and be angry. It's not what Jesus did. When Jesus was angry, he actually did something. He literally cracked the whip until the injustice that was the root of his anger was eliminated. So if the source of your anger is righteous, get to work. Get busy. you got stuff to do. So what if your anger, what if my anger isn't a righteous anger? Isn't that righteous anger of injustice? Well, in James, the first chapter, verses 19 and 21, and I'm reading from the message, says this. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let anger straggle along in the rear. God's righteousness doesn't grow from human anger, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, Landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden in your life. So I read that and I thought, great, I'm supposed to do nothing and just let God the gardener get to work, and do his work. And and that might sound like we're really being called to do nothing, but let's get real. Doing nothing is part of our problem. It's part of the problem that is allowing our anger to grow and to fester and to bubble up into this rage. But here's the deal. I don't think we're called to nothing. I don't think we're called to just sitting and waiting for God to fix it. To fix our anger. To make us feel better. God calls us to action. God always calls us to action. God calls us to action even if our action is inaction. Let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says this. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. But don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. Don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. So how do we do that? I'm going to offer you four antidotes to help prevent anger from taking hold. And they are all based on 1 Thessalonians 5, 12-18. Which says this, and I'm reading from the NIV here. Now we asked you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Discourage, I'm sorry, encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So what's the antidote here? So these these things, this is what I think you should do. Number one, appreciation. Pay attention not to what angers you, but to those things that contribute to positivity in your life. Maybe do a project around your house. Maybe it's something you've always wanted to do. Maybe take up a hobby. And appreciate the work that's being done on your behalf. Two, affiliation. That is, nurture our relationships. Live in peace with one another. Maybe that means you figure out how to play games with your friends over Zoom. Or you reconnect with old friends that you haven't talked to in a long time. You actually pick up the phone and call somebody. Or have a socially distant gathering on your porch or in your driveway. Or some other place where you can spread out. And still talk to each other. And still connect with each other number three aspiration striving to accomplish things that are bigger than yourself or that serve other people always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else according to this month's readers digest of which I'm an avid reader people do things People who do things for altruistic reasons feel pain less than others. So, for example, if, if people go to give blood uh, in, a, in a natural disaster, they don't feel the pain of that needle stick the way that they do if they just go to the doctor and the doctor takes some blood from them. It's the same needle. It's the same kind of stick. And yet their pain level is diminished because they are doing it for an altruistic reason. Perhaps that's true for other things as well. Another way to insulate yourself from anger is through basic self-care. Things like getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, eating good food and exercise, not using too much alcohol or tobacco or other substances to cope. But also there's this gift that we are given that's called the Sabbath. It's taking guilt-free time to stop fretting about what you need to do, what you can't do, and a day to turn everything off and rest. It is a practice that I have started during this pandemic and I will tell you it is life changing because I do it guilt free. I'm not supposed to be doing anything on that day. I'm not supposed to be working. I'm not, I don't have anything I have to get done. I can go do fun things or I can do absolutely nothing. I cannot take off my jammies all day and just drink coffee. But it's all guilt free. Because it is my Sabbath. And I am allowed to have that free day. And it makes my work on the other days so much less difficult. I come through rested and ready. To face the rest of the week. To face the rest of the days. It's helped me tremendously in this pandemic. And it, and it is a practice that I will be continuing. So hear this. Hear the end of this scripture. Because all of these things are are listed here. Rejoice always. And pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. In Jesus Christ. Let's pray together, y'all. God, help us to continually look to you, to see you at work in our lives. To know that even though we have this anger, and even though you are the gardener who is toiling in our lives to move us forward, that there are actions that we can take. There are things that we can do to stem the tide. There are ways that we can commit ourselves to you and to each other that are good for our mental health, for our physical health, and for the body that you have brought us together to be. Make us equal to the task. Give us strength for the journey. We pray all these things in your son's most holy name. Amen.